today on Hardwired. This is what a stronghold is. Pay real attention, arguments. I'm not talking about fighting somebody. I'm talking about something up here that argues against the Word of God, argues against the will of God, and is a puts up a wall against God's purpose for you and me. You are listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. It's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and hear about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference as it's hardwired into your life, your relationships, and your future. You may be stuck in traffic or maybe even stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help you get on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. And if for any reason you have to break away before the end of the program, you can always catch it at our website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. So let's go ahead and get right into today's message. Here's Pastor Jeff to set it up for us. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us and making us a part of what I know is your very busy day. Well, last time we were together, we had begun a brand new series called The Battlefield of the Mind. And I laid a foundation in the last message on how it's our thoughts that come under attack by the enemy, that there is a battle for your thoughts and my thoughts. And we're in that battle every single day. And today I'm gonna talk about something we hear a lot about, but we don't often understand. And that is strongholds. What is a stronghold? The Bible talks about them. Paul said that the weapons of our warfare are given to us that we can pull down strongholds. But what is a stronghold? What does that mean? And how can we pull strongholds down in our own mind and experience freedom? So grab your Bible, grab something to write with, and let's go right to today's message, Pulling Down Strongholds. Last week we talked about warfare and I'm doing a series called The Battlefield of the Mind because 99% of the spiritual warfare that we experience is upstairs in between our two ears. It's in the mind. It's in the thought life. Satan attacks my thoughts, your thoughts. Last week we showed that that's what a fiery dart is that is described in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6 holding up the shield of faith by which you will quench, extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. What's a fiery dart? It's a thought. It's a thought shot from the pit of hell into your mind and mine. Hopefully, that is the enemy hoping, it sticks and starts a fire. Notice, it's not just a dart, it's on fire. It's on fire to bring greater destruction around it than just you. It's like a forest fire. It starts in one little place with one little match and it spreads to acres. It starts in one little place with one little thought and it spreads. Now, I wanna show you today that the enemy also hopes that if it sticks, a house of thoughts is built around it. And I'm gonna show you that that's what a stronghold is. It's a house of thoughts. That's what it is. So we're gonna get right down to the way the enemy really does work against people. We need to understand it. So we're reading 2 Corinthians 10, verse three. 
Paul says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. He goes on, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not of us or from us. They're not worldly or fleshly or human, but they're mighty in God for pulling down what? Strongholds. All right. Casting down. Look at this now. This is what a stronghold is. Pay real attention. Arguments. I'm not talking about fighting somebody. I'm talking about something up here that argues against the word of God, argues against the will of God, and is a puts up a wall against God's purpose for you and me. It's an argument. And he calls it a high thing. It exalts, it promotes itself against the knowledge of God. It is designed to keep you and I from knowing God, bringing every thought, and this is the will of God for every believer. So read the last part with me, please, everybody. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's the will of God for us, that our thoughts are submitted to Christ and not renegade or not wrong. Amen. Now, when I read passages like this, it's a life-changing promise that strongholds established in our life can come down. And it's a promise that means the difference between victory and defeat. What goes on in your thought life, how well you do with giving your thoughts to Christ and getting charge of your thoughts is going to decide victory or defeat. Because war, spiritually speaking, is won or lost up here. That's where it's won or lost, all right? Now, I want to tell you, I believe this, that we're facing greater spiritual battles today than ever before. I can't remember when America was under more spiritual attack than now. I've never seen, and I've been here my whole life, all 34 years. I believe that there has been a release of demonic activity on the earth and in America over the past few years that is unseen in world history. You can look at some of the things that have taken place in America, some of the falsehoods and the lies, the deceptions, the perversions, the, the various things that have taken place in America and been accepted. You can find nowhere else in history. We're under a demonic attack and so is the church. And that's why the church has got to understand how to defeat the enemy because how can we set people free if we're not free? You can't give what you don't have. You can only export what has been imported to you. And I believe in the months and next few years to come, we're going to see a greater release of demonic activity than we've ever seen. Things that the church, the only church that really makes it through it is going to be the church that understands things like what we're looking at today. That the enemy is a defeated foe, but you got to know how to bring that to pass. So we've got to know how to pull down strongholds. Now, last time we looked at how spiritual warfare takes place primarily, as I've been saying, in our minds. And our minds are the battlefield. And if you go all the way back in time through your Bible to Adam and Eve, the first couple, and the first woman, and the first time Satan ever appeared on the stage of history, and what do we find him doing? We find him attacking her mind. He attacked Eve's mind. He waited till she was alone and he attacked her and he attacked her thought life. It's so clear. He said, has God said? That's a thought. I don't think there was a red devil with horns and a pitchfork and a tail and standing there looking at her 
or some serpent that was, I don't believe he was visible necessarily to her eye. He was serpentine, serpent-like in the way he approached her. And he whispered in her ear, in her mind, it was it designed to do? Has God said, doubt God. That's an attack. He still uses it today. Are you sure God said? How do you know God said? I don't know that God said. You need to question whether or not God said. And then he said, you won't die even if you eat of that tree. What's she saying? God lied to you. So the thought was to doubt the character of God. He still does that with you and me. Where was God when that happened to you? Why hasn't God answered this prayer? Why this? Why that? Why the other? And he tries to get us to look up and doubt God. He attacks and assaults the character of God in the theater of our mind. The devil went on to say, God's holding back from you, Eve. What's he saying? He can't be trusted. He's holding back from you. Because he knows if you eat of that tree, you're going to be like him. He doesn't want you to be like him. He doesn't want that stiff competition. So he's holding back from you. In other words, he's cheating you. How many people hear that voice? There you sit in church, you know, being a good little church boy, church girl, and you're missing life out there. You're being cheated. When in fact, no, you're being protected. Right? And so she lost the battle in her mind. I'm going to say hello to Eve in heaven. Thanks, Eve. I hope that apple was real good. <laughs> Do you know that the emphasis on our mind in the New Testament is everywhere how important our thinking is, our thoughts? Because the battle is won or lost in your thoughts. Listen to this. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Ephesians 4.23. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12.2. The psalmist said, Delight yourself in the word of the Lord and in his word meditate day and night. That's a thought process. That's your thinking. He's saying, I want you to saturate your mind with the word of God. Saturate your mind with scripture. Meditate on it in the morning, in the night, in the noontime. Keep your mind saturated because that's where the battle is and that's where we must win the battle. Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of a good report, if there's any virtue or anything praiseworthy, anything godly, think on these things. That's in your mind. 1 Peter 1, brace up your mind as men who know what they're doing. Do we know what we're doing? He's saying, Men, do you know that you're in a battle? So you got to brace your mind for what's coming because it's not if warfare comes, it's when warfare comes and your mind has got to be braced for the battle. So look at all these verses. Listen to them. It's amazing. Be renewed in your mind, transformed in your thinking, meditate on scripture, set your mind, think on these things, brace your mind. Why all the emphasis on our minds? Because they are the battlefield upon which warfare is won or lost. Because as you think, that's how you're going to live. That's how I'm going to live. Any sin a person commits happens first after losing the battle in your mind. Because you don't act before you think. We say that, well, I, I did that before I thought about it. But no, you did think long enough about it to decide to act. And so we think and then we act 
As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks, that's the way he will act and do and be as he thinks. That's why thinking is so important. When you go do something righteous and godly and you're involved in good works, you thought about it first. And whatever made you think about it was the word of God, which encourages us to involve ourselves in good works all the time. So thoughts precede actions every single time. So the devil didn't make you do it. Your thoughts made you do it. Now notice that Paul used the word stronghold. Here it is in verse four. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What's a stronghold? It's what holds you strong. It's something that holds you strong. Now, let me tell you first of all what it's not. It's not a demon. A stronghold is not a demon. Can I blow your mind with something? Christians can't have a demon. We can be attacked by demons. We can be oppressed by a demon. We can be tempted by a demon, but we can't be possessed by a demon because you can't put the Holy Ghost and a demon in the same house. Before Pastor Jeff comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple of important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, hardwired.org. You'll find today's program along with all of Pastor Jeff's messages. There's a growing list of great things to check out at the site. So hop on over and check it out, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. And be sure to tell your friends about the program. We know you're being blessed by it. I'm sure your friends will be as well. We're here to reach as many people for the Lord as we can. So getting the word out will help us on this mission. And that's what this program is all about. And Pastor Jeff's back now for the conclusion of today's program. So we're talking about a stronghold. What is it? The Greek word means heavily fortified military fortress. That's what the Greek word means. Isn't that strong? Heavily fortified military fortress. So military, it's a military word that Paul uses to describe a stronghold. Heavily fortified military fortress. And let me just make it simple. It's a house of thoughts. That's what it is. Arguments, thoughts that promote themselves against the knowledge and will and purpose and truth of God. That's what a stronghold is. It's a house of thoughts. It's not demon possession. And let me tell you something else it's not. It's not a generational curse. I don't believe in generational curses for Christians. I believe in generational consequences, but I don't believe in generational curses. You say, well, well, everybody believes that. No, they don't, because I don't. Because look, the Bible says Jesus took the curse for me. So if Jesus took the curse for me, how am I cursed? No, I'm not going to walk in that. I don't receive that. It's another message altogether, but I do believe in generational consequences. And I'll make that distinction someday, not today. So don't let me lose you by saying that, okay? Here's what a stronghold is. It's about renegade thoughts in our mind that stand up against God and his truth. And they begin with that first fiery dart that is fired into your mind, which is a lie from hell, because anything from hell is a lie. How do you know the devil's lying? If he's talking. And so when he fires a fiery arrow into your mind, it is a thought, and that thought always contains a lie. And he hopes that you and I don't catch it, and that we accept it, and nurse it and rehearse it, and let it stay long enough to destroy us, to start a fire. 
but he also wants to build a house, a false argument that a person will use to seek shelter from the truth of God's word. That's what the house of thoughts is. It's a series of lies, or it's one original lie, and then a house of lies built around it that enables somebody to live in disobedience to God without feeling guilty. Or it empowers somebody to not get saved because they believe a lie, atheism, agnosticism, New age thinking, everybody's saved, universalism, everybody's saved. You don't need to repent. Everybody was saved when Jesus died on the cross. Everybody is going to go to heaven. Some lie that we accept into our mind and a house of thoughts is built around it. It's a stronghold of wrong thinking. It provides a safe place for the person that wants to justify a wrong lifestyle. Paul says we break down every argument, all right? Notice, no demons involved. It's an argument, and it's in your mind. We break down every argument. We bring it down. We, and against God. Look, it's an argument against God, against his word, against his truth, and every wall that can be built to keep men from finding him. So strongholds are built with the bricks and mortars of lies, and they keep the lost blinded, from the truth of the gospel. The Bible says, look at this, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded. No, that's the wrong one. The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. What does he do? He blinds the mind. How does he blind the mind of the unbelieving, those that are lost? He does it with lies with strongholds and he prevents them. What is he after? He doesn't want them to see the illuminating light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. He blinds their mind. What's he do it with? Only and exclusively and always a lie. You don't need Jesus to be saved. There's no hell. You're not going to go to hell. Come on. You're not going to hell. Has God said, you're not going to answer for something called sin. God loves everybody. There's not going to be any judgment. There's no eternity. Don't worry about it. Eat, drink, and be merry before you die. And we believe that. We build a house of lies around it, and it keeps us from knowing God. That's the power of the gospel. When the gospel is preached, it bashes that lie, smashes that lie. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So Satan blinds people by renegade false concepts and beliefs about God, Christ, heaven, hell, spiritual things, and so on. This is why the Apostle Paul warned this. See to it that nobody takes you captive. How? Through philosophy. That's thoughts. That's beliefs. And empty deception, which the Amplified says is pseudo-intellectual babble, according to the musings of mere men, rather than following the truth and the teachings of Christ. Can we read that last part together? Because this is God's call for every Christian. Following, read it with me, following the truth and teachings of Christ. And when we follow the truth and the teachings of Christ, it pulls down strongholds. Amen? Amen. So a stronghold is a house of lies. Starts with one original lie. That lie becomes the foundation of the rest of them. Atheism, agnosticism, new age beliefs, gender beliefs, 
morality beliefs. Our culture, I've never seen our culture more aggressive in planting fiery arrows, wrong thoughts, wrong beliefs, wrong concepts, wrong religions, false hope in the minds of people intentionally starting before they can hardly talk than I see it today. Our minds are under attack every single day with the fiery arrows of false thought, false belief, false morality, false truth, false everything. And if we don't recognize the fiery arrow and pull it down, a house of thoughts will be built around it. And it's pretty serious when that happens because then you're in real trouble. Paul says, be sure nobody plunders or robs you of your faith and hope by false philosophies, which build strongholds in our mind against God. This is happening so bad in our universities now. That professor, he may be a math teacher, but I guarantee you these days, he's going to get up there and philosophize and genderize and moralize and go into all kinds of things that have nothing to do with math. And those students out there are having fiery darts shot into their mind and it ends up being a house of thoughts that eventually destroys their life. And the only thing that'll bring it down is the gospel and the truth of God's word. And that's where we come in. A stronghold can be a false opinion or belief about God. Like this, he's not really there. He's not really there. You're atheists. Can I tell you what I believe about atheists? I don't believe in atheists. I don't. I don't think there's a single atheist on earth. Well, Jeff, there's all kinds of them that say they are. I know they say they are. But my Bible tells me God has revealed himself to every heart. So I believe they're just living in a house of thoughts built on the lie that God is not real. But deep down in their knower, they know he is. Or he's mean and vindictive. Don't mess with God. He's mean. He's always out to get you, stomp you, crush you for your littlest mistake. He's a mean, vindictive God. Or he's there, but he's not really interested in what happens on the earth or to people or particularly to me. He doesn't really care. Now watch this. When this false stronghold about God is accepted, it becomes a stronghold that destroys your prayer life and any interest in serving him because why bother if he doesn't care or isn't there? So that stronghold affects everything. Now, how many of you want to be free in every area? Amen. So these houses of thoughts need to be brought down. Another concept is about truth itself. Now, here's another lie that our culture loves, that truth is relative and changes with time and different societies. The truth is not a fixed thing that doesn't change, flex, bow, bend, or break or apologize to any human or any culture. No, truth is flexible, adaptable, changeable, even choosable. I choose my truth. I'm gonna walk in the truth I decide is true. You got your truth and I've got mine. Don't bug me with your truth and I won't bug you with my truth. Let's just all coexist, which is the stupidest bumper sticker on the planet. Oh, I hope you don't have one. If you have one, please forgive me. 
But the thing about it is that bumper sticker is, is so false because all the religions on it, none of them want to get along with each other. And the, the last thing they're going to do is coexist. But go ahead, you got that bumper sticker. But it's, it's the belief that truth is not absolute, that it's not unchanging, that what it was 2000 years ago, it's not today. And people accept this false notion about truth and they decide they're the arbiter of their own truth. We hear it all the time. My truth is as sacred as your truth. Don't bother me with your truth. Don't preach your truth to me. Even if it's Christian truth, don't tell me because I got my truth and you've got yours. Let's just get along. Do you know that that thought, the truth is flexible, adaptable, changeable, negotiable? You've been listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. It would mean the world to us to know how the program has helped you today. So take a quick minute and give us a call. 877-884-3111. Or you can connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. And if you enjoy the program as much as we love bringing it to you, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us. There are daily costs associated with the program, and we truly do depend on the faithful financial support of our listeners like you to allow us to be on this station. So please, Consider partnering with us today with your gifts to this ministry. You can call us at 877-884-3111 or go to the website hardwired.org. Again, call 877-884-3111 or at our website hardwired.org. Thank you for your loyal partnership as we couldn't do this without you. And finally, Pastor Jeff is the founder and senior pastor of the vibrant Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're ever in the area, we hope you'll stop by and say hi. And let us know that you listen to the program. That would really make our day. And Pastor Jeff would love to meet you personally, too. So till next time, have a great day. And thanks so much for listening to Hardwired.